Warning. This podcast frequently contains potentially triggering, violent, and graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official members of the Nightmare Society online campfire. Chris B., Alicia J., and Margaret B. Thanks so much, Chris, Alicia, and Margaret for joining, and we really appreciate the support, guys. Also, a really big thanks to Cat OJ, PETA H., user TantanMeeks1994, and user Crispito Day for sharing their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. This encounter happened to my dad and my stepmom while they had been newly dating and were young airmen in the United States Air Force. There was an ad in the local paper that my dad had responded to about vintage toys slash collectibles since selling things on the internet was not really a thing yet. When my dad calls about the ad, a man answers and it's a very normal conversation that the guy had some collectible Johnny Quest toys and some other things of that nature. My dad realizes the guy is only a five minute drive from the military base we were stationed at, so he tells him he'd stop by on his next day off. And in a normal pace of conversation, the man on the phone asked, Are you coming alone? And not really thinking about it, my dad answered, Yeah, probably. And the conversation quickly ended after that. My dad said in the moment he wasn't really thinking when he gave a non-committal answer. But the guy didn't ask again, so my dad brushed it off. Later, he got creeped out thinking about it and asked my stepmom, then girlfriend, to go with him on their day off. When they came, the seller had known that my dad was coming in what time. So when they pull up to the address, it's a normal looking neighborhood. They knocked on the door. It was a screen door with the main door open, but nobody came to the door. They waited there for a solid minute or so, and just as they were about to leave, a man came around and said to come in. So they let themselves in. Mom says he was a shirtless but very nondescript looking older 45 to 55 year old white man. As soon as they enter the house, the man says to my dad, I thought you were coming alone. Put off by the question but not missing a beat in the conversation, my dad says, Well, I didn't. Did you want to show me what you had? The guy awkwardly stammered and said, Uh, yeah, let me go get him. Before he shuffles off to another room, he notices that my parents' attention is on the television because it's playing porn. Note, it's not like there's a public channel that plays porn in the middle of the day, so the guy probably had it playing in the VCR for a while. Perhaps intentionally. Oh, let me turn that off. 
He quickly shuts it off and then leaves them in the living room. We need to go. My mom whispers to my dad. Now they realize more details around the house. Dad said that one of the weird things was that in the kitchen there were just commercial stacks of bread trays and they were full of bread. So he didn't know if he was some kind of delivery driver taking work home, but it was just an odd thing to have stacked so high and have so much for one person. Weird thing number two. There were framed naked pictures of women everywhere. The wall, around the end table, where most people will have pictures of friends or family. These were just naked women framed. I asked if they were black and white photos or maybe artistic, but both of my parents said they were pretty crude and that he had looked like he had taken them himself and printed them. Just a side note, this is the 90s. If you have photos like that, you had to go somewhere to get them printed. It just adds to the creepiness. Immediately, my parents were uncomfortable but are too polite to just run out. The guy wasn't even prepared and when he comes out, he brings back out a box of old beat up toys. And to feign interest, my dad looks through them and talks with him about them. The feigned interest makes the guy perk up and he starts talking about how he may have some army men and a piece with a dog that is rare. So the guy goes back to look. My mom at this point is telling my dad they should go and my dad knows this. But then the guy comes back with a gun. It's a rifle, but it's not pointed at them. Internally, I think they were crapping their pants, but my dad has a keen poker face and is great at talking. The guy nonchalantly starts saying how he collects guns and that it was cool and has more if my dad is interested. Never losing his cool, because while the man did just bring out a rifle, my parents said it wasn't in a threatening way. My dad calmly says something like, Eh, that's nice, but that's not really what I'm looking for. Do you have an estimate on how much you wanted for these? Pointing towards the figures. Oh, not really. I haven't thought about it. The man says. Just a note, anyone who sells things at least has an estimate. The seller was not only unprepared, but knowing my dad was coming by to make an offer. He just didn't think about it. My dad then casually says he's going to think about it, about making an offer. Because while it wasn't what he was looking for, he was interested. This was obviously a lie, but they had to get out of there. So quickly but calmly, my parents leave and head back home with no intentions of ever seeing this guy again. I asked my dad if the guy ever tried to contact him. And he said the very next day the guy tried to call back and that within the next two to three days left a couple of voicemails asking are you coming back are you coming back my dad never responded and thankfully lived on the air force base so it's not like he could have followed him home so they never heard from him again years later after looking back on the experience my dad said that since the guy took so long to answer the door was probably because he saw through the windows that my dad was not alone and either was debating to answer the door or as my mom speculates trying to find a pair of pants since he came to the door shirtless 
What's haunting to think about is of course the endless possibilities if my dad had gone alone. I mean the guy took the time to put an ad out in local newspapers. Thankfully he did have some kind of toys but there were so many red flags my dad said he just stuck to antique toy shows after that. Most people call BS on my story once I tell them, but I can 100% tell you that everything I tell you here is real. It started when I was 15. I lived in Australia, Melbourne, in a nice neighborhood. Nothing much really happened criminal-wise and it was known for being a safe suburb. Not for me, apparently. My mom was really strict on social media and I had just only gained permission to download Snapchat. Me, being the teenager I was, I was super excited. I would add pretty much everyone who requested me because I was starved of any social interaction and I wanted to look like I had lots and lots of friends. One day in July, a friend request came through from a guy named Jacob. I added him being the person I was, and messaged him. He seemed quite nice. He didn't ask for nudes or would pressure me into giving him money. We kept messaging for about two weeks talking about everything and anything but our personal life. After that two-week mark, it started to get weird. He would send me photos, with no text, of my fence and even sometimes my backyard. I hadn't even told him where I lived, as I didn't trust him that much and I was starting to feel uneasy about everything. I went around that day asking if anyone knew Jacob, because he had to be in the area, taking photos of my house. But strangely, no one knew who he was. No one had even seen him. The following day, everything went silent. No messages. No photos. I was so relieved that I wouldn't have to deal with him any longer. Days passed, even weeks, and Jacob started to slip from my mind. That was until my parents went away on holiday, leaving me behind. On the second night of their holiday, I stayed up late watching TV in the living room. To get a better understanding of my house, I'll explain the layout. My living room had floor-to-ceiling windows on two walls. Those that did not led outside and into the kitchen. My house was a one-story and didn't have many hiding holes. From the kitchen led a hall that went to my room, my parents, and the bathroom. I was starting to tire of my movie when I got a Snapchat message from Jacob. Now what I saw still haunts me to this day. It was a photo of me watching a movie in my living room. I remember turning in the direction the photo looked to be taken to find this old man staring back at me. He was not the guy in the photos. Before I could process any of this, I ran as fast as I could to my bedroom, thinking that that was a safe place. I locked the door and called the police. They told me they would be there as soon as they could, which relieved me a little. That's when I heard the glass smashing from the living room. 
That sick old man was breaking into my house. As any person would, I started to cry. I knew that was it. That was the end of it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it went along the lines of, Hey, pretty girl. Why don't you show yourself so we can have a good time? No one can prepare themselves for that feeling. The feeling of being petrified and frozen in place. I heard his footsteps walk up the hall, getting closer to my bedroom. Sirens wailed in the back room and I knew that I was safe. The police arrived to arrest the man who turned out to be my next door neighbor. Not only that, but he had photographs of me and other girls next to his bed, covered in hearts. I would hate to think what would have happened if the police didn't come at that time. And frankly, I don't want to know. Twenty-four-year-old male here, born and raised in northern New England. I grew up hearing all the scary stories and urban legends that haunted my dreams. But there was one local legend that everyone in my high school knew about. It was called Monkey Town. Monkey Town was supposed to be a Christian retreat camp. You'd have to take this road in between a funeral home and a cemetery, down this big hill and you'd enter what looks like the set from The Village, the movie released in 2004. It was a big circle of old-style houses, with a big white church in the middle. I'll describe it a bit more later, but it was always a dare to see how far you could walk down into the camp, without chickening out. I remember a couple of times in middle school a few friends and I made it halfway down the hill and chickened out. The year was 2011, junior year. I had just gotten my license and my first car, a classic Chevy Blazer. One night I was driving around with two friends, one who went to the same high school as me, Bessie, and one who did not, Kale. Bessie and I thought it would be funny to take Kale down to Monkey Town and see what happens. So the three of us hopped into my blazer and off we went. I remember putting on some of the instrumental music from Halloween to set the proper mood. And how dumb I was. As we got down the hill, mind you we were in my car the entire time, we made our way around the circle, mesmerized by this entire community separated from society. One thing that stuck out was this red light at the top of the church's steeple. Then out of the corner of my eye I saw movement. That's when I remember thinking, No freaking way. I quickly turned my head to my left to see a giant man in overalls running full speed towards my car. The most messed up part of this man is he was carrying a bat or tool of some sort. I didn't even think. I slammed on the gas and we got the heck out of there. The three of us couldn't believe what the heck just happened. I'm pretty sure we just went back to my house to recover from the scare. We passed out. All was well. The next day I was hanging out with another friend James and his girlfriend Sadie. 
I told them about last night's events, and of course, they didn't buy it. Me, a 17-year-old teenage boy, wanted to prove them wrong. So we all jumped into my blazer and headed back down to Monkey Town. This time, my blazer was full. We had picked up two other girls who coincidentally had the same name, and another buddy of mine, Joe. I made James drive my blazer and I sat shotgun. As we all headed down, the tension rose. We got halfway around the circle until one of the girls started screaming. This time, there were at least five men running at my car, and three of them definitely had weapons. James didn't know what to do. It was like he froze. The men were all yelling, They were legitimately shaking my car back and forth. I remember being crouched down so far in the seat, as if that did anything. Finally, James slammed on the gas and peeled out of there. As I began taking all my friends home, I got a call from my mom. Apparently, two police officers were in my kitchen. One of the Monkey Town civilians had called the police and told them we tried to run them over. What BS. I was furious. We raced to my house to explain to the officers what actually happened. All in all, the cops didn't seem too interested. No crime was committed. To this day, I can't help but think what would have happened if we had gotten out of the car. What kind of Christian retreat camp is that? Anyways, creepy monkey town men. Let's not be. There is someone living in my shed. Lately, I've been noticing something off about home. Like there's something else there with me, my wife and our two dogs. But I have not been able to put my finger on it until today. For some context, I live in a duplex. We share the property with another guy in his mid-twenties. He has his own house and we have ours but we share the laundry room that leads to our respective backyards that are separated by a fence. This all started around two months ago when the guy sent me a text. Hey man, just adds up, someone stole my bike out of the sunroom. This is extra creepy because to get into our sun slash laundry room, you would need to hop the brick fence surrounded by shrubby trees and then hurl the bike over. Unless the thief had the most massive pair of balls ever and walked it out through one of our front doors when we weren't home. Either way, I didn't feel right and made more of an effort to keep the door locked. Fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, I let my dogs into the backyard and one of them starts sniffing at the shed. No big deal. The lizards are coming out with it heating up. They probably just chased one under the door. I finally got them to come in, but didn't give it much thought. I hardly ever go into that shed. Nothing wrong with it, it's just kind of out of the way and I'm not really a hangout in the shed type of guy. So we generally use it for storage. Suitcases, furniture that doesn't fit or match the house, camping stuff. You know, boring suburban stuff. We probably enter it maybe three times a year. After the 18th day in a row of my dogs being curious about the shed, 
I decided to have a little look-see to see if maybe there was a Komodo dragon or something in there, since they wouldn't let this thing go. Nope. No Komodo. But what I did find literally made me crap myself just a little bit. Inside the shed was the bike that was stolen from my neighbor a while back. My first thought was, Oh crap, my wife is a Klepto. But quickly ruled that out. She doesn't even like to bike. Then I was briefly worried that my neighbor thought that I was a thief. I mean, it's in my shed. I don't know how to explain that if he found that out. Plus, I wanted to give him his bike back. I kept looking around and found one of our sleeping bags unraveled, but balled up behind a box. Inside of it was a sack of what looked to be around $20 in change and singles. There was also a bag for garbage and had lots of food wrappers inside. Eventually my brain accepted what it was ultimately denying at first, and put two and two together. Someone, I don't know who, is living in my shed. Or at least was. Maybe my dog spooked them off, or maybe they sleep there every night and leave during the day. If they weren't coming back, why would they leave the change? I left everything how I found it, and I'm thinking about what I should do next. Whoever did it must have gotten in through the spare set of keys I keep hidden in my backyard. I locked up and brought them inside with me tonight. Hopefully, whoever it is gets the message and moves on. I'm going to install cameras tomorrow. Don't forget to follow us over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. And if you're interested in finding out more on how to support the podcast, you can check out patreon.com slash nightmare society. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time. Sweet.